0: If you brought a copy of Scripture with you this morning, you can find Psalm 27, Psalm 27, and if you've got a hard copy, you can put a marker there and also find Luke chapter 7. That's where we'll be ending up, Lord willing, this morning. Psalm 27, I'm holding a a New King James, a New King James version of the Bible, my favorite Uh, Bible. This is my favorite translation. This is the translation I've memorized most of my scripture from, and you'll see why I'm reading from it in a few moments, but here's how it goes. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell, though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold. The beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple for in time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me he shall set me high upon a rock And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Don't forget that. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take me. He'll take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses have risen against me and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. On Saturday, July fifteenth, 1995, I had a message all prepared for the next Lord's Day, the very next day. It was all there. It was a message that was never delivered. My wife had even typed up the bulletin that night. Remember when we gave out bulletins? A bulletin that would never be reproduced, much less handed out. The reason is because that night, God interrupted our plans, he changed everything, and He took my wife to heaven. Last night, just south of us, was a night that was both sobering and sad. And it was a night that should remind everyone in this room and watching online. The words of David in Psalm 31, verse 15, just a few psalms later. My times are what? They're in his hands. Your times are not in your hands as much as you think they are. And last night was a powerful reminder of that. And it was not just a reminder. It was a warning, a very powerful warning, a very powerful shot across the bow locally To all of you, to all of us, intent on building our lives, on our marriages, on our kids, on our businesses, on our hobbies, even on our service, and not on God. It is a reminder that 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 is a fool's venture. Jesus even said as much. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus gave this parable. Here it is. He said, The land of a rich man provided plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do for I have nowhere to store my crops? He said, I'll do this. I'll I'll tear down my barns, and I'll build larger ones, and there I will stir all my grain and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul! Every person here in this room, watching online, starting with me, has a destiny with God. You have a date. You have a a date that you cannot change with God, where you'll stand before the living God. Job 14, verse 5, put it like this. Man's days are determined, and God has decreed even the number of his months and set boundaries on them which he cannot exceed. And if your life is hid in Christ, you have nothing to worry about. The Psalm, Psalm 27, the fifth verse, look at it. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. I love that verse, especially in light of last night. I told you that... uh, Jason Gerwell, the pastor of Redeemer Church, called me and almost simultaneous to videotaping that monster tornado that went through his area. And it, the voiceover it is him saying to his wife, "Oh my goodness, that's" and he named the family that he thought the tornado was going over. And called out to his family, "Get to the basement, get to the basement." That tornado really was going over that family's house, and this was the result right here. If you look closely, you can see a hot water unit. You see it? And then just there's debris right on the other side. If we were to zoom in on that, you would see a blanket between there where the mother, her husband had been in another shed nearby, saw the tornado coming, and told his wife to get in the basement with the kids. She threw a blanket over herself, over the two kids, ages three and eight, and that's where they were, right in there. And they walked out without a scratch. Surely, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion... And in the secret place of the tabernacle, he shall hide me. And I'm here to say to you, Jesus is still hiding his children in the day of your trouble. And it matters very little if you survive or don't survive a tornado, a flood, or a fire. If you're in Christ, you are eternally safe. If you die of natural causes... Nature's causes are nuclear causes. It doesn't matter. You have nothing to fear if your soul is safe. That's all that matters. And this was very personal to me, what took place last night. Because you're looking at a part of the country in and cabins and RV park in Sheridan, Iowa. That's a trailer that was hit directly. The man was life flighted. It's a part of a greater part of that. It's not all that big. It has little cabins. I've stayed there every time I speak at the Sheridan Church, which has been at least three times over the years. But their women's conference was yesterday. And my wife, Marilyn, was the keynote speaker. And that's where she stayed with Lisa Davis they left just two hours before this hit now don't get me wrong my wife's soul is safe and would have been safe if God had taken her home last but I'm glad to get her back I love the 27th Psalm that we read I've always loved it. It's always been one of my favorite psalms. In fact, there's only one person in the entire world I know that loves it more than I do, and that's my wife. I talk about my life, my testimony, my bereavement, my first wife from time to time. It factors its way into messages and whatnot. I don't often talk about my wife's first husband. She does talk about that when she does her talks. She did one here with our couples a few weeks ago. But uh, she married uh, a man that was... This was a very powerfully built man. Very powerfully built. He was a wrestler, of course. But he was powerful from the inside out. He was a man of God. He was an elder in the church. He led, he taught, he preached from time to time, and he died in Christ. And he had a disease that would nearly take out their son a few years later, but didn't praise the Lord. I've mentioned that before. But it did take him out. Slowly, his life was ebbing away by this disease. And my wife would be, his wife at the time, with him every day. And every day, they read this psalm. The New King James Version. And here they are just days before he went to be with the Lord. Every day, they read this psalm. And every hour, on the hour of every day, they were together in that hospital until he died. They read this psalm. They claimed this psalm. They embraced this psalm, the promises of this psalm, which is what you do, by the way, when you're in trouble. You embrace the promises of God, amen? Amen. And it was the last two verses of this psalm that they claimed from their hearts. And here they are. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That was Lori. That was my wife's first husband's name. That was, that was the verse he claimed. They, leaning on God, not losing heart in the midst of his dying He trusted in the goodness of the Lord in this life to take him to the next. My wife, on the other hand, his wife at the time would climb the next verse. Then and in the years to come, wait, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Spurgeon said this, wait at God's door with prayer. Wait at God's foot with humility. Wait at God's table with service. And wait at God's window with expectancy. This psalm and the fears of life that it alludes to Fears that you and I deal with every day and then we get strongly reminded when things like this happen around us calls each of us to do four things. I'll simply give them to you. You won't see them on the board. Find your strength in Jesus. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Nobody. That's who. Not when God is your strength. Not when Christ is your strength. And too many of you for way too long have found your strength in too many other things. And when they're removed, that's when you know. So now, dear ones, find your strength in Jesus Find your safety in Jesus. Again, verse 5, there it is again. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Find your safety in Jesus. Your safety is in the cross. That is your refuge. It can't be all those things we've talked about before. But indeed, it is some of those things. Some of you are finding your refuge in so many things, good things, but things that can't save you. Things that will not sustain you when everything falls apart around you. Won't happen. So find your safety in Jesus And find your song in Jesus. Verse 6, look at the end of it again. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. If you are in Christ, you can sing. You can sing in the rain. You can sing in the sorrow. You can sing in the difficulty. And you must. The psalmist said at another time in, in chapter 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me. And he heard my cry. And he Brought me out of the horrible pit, out of the mire, and he set my feet on a rock. He put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many shall see it, they'll fear, and they'll trust in the Lord. Amen. That's what happened when God puts a song in your mouth, and you can do that, and you must. What a witness to find your song in Jesus and finally find your sight. On Jesus. And these are my favorite verses within it. When God said, Pat, seek my face. My heart said to him, your face, Lord, I will seek. Are you? We're doing a series on the life of Christ So we've taken a little sidebar here. But I want to come back to Jesus. That's always a good thing to come back to Jesus, isn't it? And to see his compassionate heart. In Luke chapter 7, some of you turn there. Go over there if you will. Luke chapter 7. And this is where, this is the miracle of the raising of the widow of Nain's son. Do you remember this? It's a little more of an obscure, but it should be an obscure miracle. I mean, somebody got raised from the dead on it. You skip down to verse 11. Jesus shows up at this town, city called Nain. There's a large crowd. They're following him wherever he goes. He's very popular. In verse 12, and when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. I mean, this is total devastation here. Social security didn't exist Every woman depended on her husband. Her husband's gone. She's a widow. If you couldn't have your husband, you depended on your son. Now the son's gone. This is an absolute devastating situation. And is it isn't, isn't any wonder that they're all weeping and crying as they go out? But the Lord saw her, verse 13. And he had, what? Compassion on her. That's the same word Jason mentioned last week. It's the word to yearn from the, from the gut. And he said, Don't weep. And he came and touched the open coffin. And those who carried him stood still. They went, oh, Because you do that and you become unclean. But Jesus came to reverse the curse. Amen? Can't make Jesus unclean. He took our uncleanness. What a picture. What a picture. He said, young man, I say to you, arise. And he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And look at this compassion. And he presented him to his mother. That's pretty cool. There are three things I want you to know about Jesus as we bring this service to a conclusion. Because I'm guessing most of you here and watching online were not directly devastated are touched by what happened south of here. Some of you may have. I, I heard a story in every single service, somebody who is directly connected there, including somebody in our church whose place they bought just a couple months ago was, was, is fine, but 100 feet from it, totally wiped out. In fact, the picture you saw, that's right next to their place. We have firefighters that are down there right now. We have roofers that are down there right now. Lots of volunteers. But what I want you to know from this, just this reading of Jesus and the raising of the widow named Son, Jesus knows your plight. And your plight might not be busted boards, but a broken home, a broken marriage, broken health. Your plight might be a broken relationship with somebody. I don't know what your brokenness is, But Jesus knows your plight. The other thing I get from this is that Jesus feels your pain. I mean, he felt it, did he not? He had compassion. Yearn from the gut. That means to feel. Jesus feels your pain. You can believe that. You can bank on that. He feels for you whatever you're going through. He knows your plight. He feels your pain. On the other hand, what good does it do if I have a God who knows my plight and feels my pain who can't do anything about it? Jesus doesn't just know your plight and feel your pain. He solves your problem. (laughs) Isn't that what he did? You got a dead guy here. He raises him up. And if you are in Christ, he he will solve the ultimate problem of death and raise you from the dead and bring you to heaven with himself. That resurrection solves everything, amen? Amen. That's the Savior you have, if you have him. As we come to the Lord's table, I want you to think about this. There's an invitation in this psalm from the one who knows your plight, feels your pain, and solves ultimately your problem. It's this, verse 8. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Can you do that right now during the Lord's table? Daniel Henderson wrote, if we seek the hand of God, we might miss his face. But if we seek the face of God, we always get his hand. Let's start with seeking the face of God as we go to the Lord's table. All around are these stations whereby you can participate. But if you're going to, you must be a Christian. That's the requirement here. You must have had a time where you have taken refuge in the cross of Jesus, Believe that he died and rose again for you. And if you haven't done that, do that today. Admit your sin. Admit that you're banking on all kinds of other things other than him. Trust him as your Lord and Savior today. And if you are trusting in him, Take this time to examine yourself and ask yourself that question. God, if you removed everything precious to me in a moment, like several of these families had last night, how would you respond? What condition would that leave you in? Answer that question honestly as you examine yourself, and that will help you understand just where you are with your God this morning. The elements that we are about to take are symbolic, but they're powerful symbols of the life and death of Jesus. And they're for those of you who know him as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to pray, and then at your, at your convenience, you can get up and get one of the elements, or the, both the elements. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. That it is, those are the promises that we embrace in our time of trouble. Your promises to us. Thank you that you are our light in our salvation, Lord Jesus. And help us to find ourselves in you today. To find our strength in you. To hide in you. To look to you, our Savior. I pray you would comfort those in our midst today. Certainly those down south that we ask you to continue to comfort, bless, protect, help the volunteers. And then, Lord, for us individually here, no matter what we're going through, help us to find you to be our ultimate refuge, we ask in Jesus' name, amen.